The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hello, and welcome to Hoop Balls DFS Today. I'm your host, Mike Apatria. It's Sunday, October 24th. we got a little five-game main slate that we're looking forward to. Tips off around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, that's when the lineup locked, but we know it'll tip off about 10 minutes after that. Doing this show on the fly. It's probably going to be a quick little speed run. Uh, my poor buddy Santino Facon had some audio issues, recorded the entire podcast himself, and then realized it didn't actually record the audio. So I'm taking over for him. I'll be filling in, hammering this little five-game slate, coming off of a big night for myself. Uh, Could have been bigger. Came very, very close. uh, It was about top five, top six, and a lot of those single-entry GPPs I filled out. So ended up taking home some good cash, hoping to double it up and follow it up on today's five-game main slate. So this one will not cover the Nets and Hornets game. But – Nonetheless, we got five good games to get to, filled with action, filled with good plays. Still waiting on some of the injury news. Hopefully we have that for the most part. We're hoping we do. We don't always have it, so we'll have to keep an eye on that, and you'll have to monitor some of that information, too. If you're in the Discord, you'll have full capability of getting into that. Uh, If you are a HoopBall DFS Pass subscriber or the year-long Fantasy Pass, where you get a little bit of the wagering, the DFS content, and the season-long content, you can get all that in there. And you have access to the Discord where you can pick our brains, get our information, ask us questions, whatever you need to do up until lineups lock. We usually hop in there about an hour to an hour and a half before lineups lock. We'll poke our heads in there throughout the day. But for the most part, we'll be able to hammer down any questions that you guys might have right around then. So I highly suggest it if you're not. And listen, do it. Why not? You're listening to the podcast. You like the advice. You're coming here. Take it to the next level. It is cheap. Only $5 per month for that DFS pass. $5 per month. I mean, if you're playing DFS, you're already invested enough. But quick little shout out to our presenting sponsors before we get started. Shout out to Manscaped. Guys, head over to Manscaped. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20. Get 20% off plus free shipping for all of your Manscaped grooming needs. You can get the perfect package kit, which you always hear me talk about because you might as well. It's the best bang for its buck. Get a little bit of everything. Or if you just want to get a little solo stuff, you want to get the lawnmower, maybe you need uh, maybe you need to refill the toner. Maybe you need to get a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the down under cream. We got it all over there at Manscaped. So use that promo code HOOPBALL20 and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. I'll tell you, the lawnmower has been a gift from the gods for me. It is the one thing because, listen, you don't want to every Every guy should have two clippers, uh, you know, one for the face, one for the other areas. And you don't want to mix those two clippers up. You don't. You just don't want to end up getting uh, getting getting some razor burn, getting some shaving burn, getting some other things, and you just don't want to do it. So head over to Manscaped, get your perfect package kit, whatever you need. Hoopball twenty for that promo code. So we're gonna dive right into this. Like I said, we're gonna probably be making this one a little bit quicker. When I say that, it'll probably still be long, but I want to get it out there early enough. As I'm recording this, it's about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. That's, that's central time, so 1 p.m. So lineups are going to be locking in about five hours. So we're going to try to get this out quick enough for everybody to get a good listen to. But we'll start off 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Boston Celtics 
traveling to Houston. They're taking on the Rockets in this one. We have a game total of 225 and a half. Celtics being favored by six points. As far as the injury report goes for the Celtics, Jalen Brown's being listed as questionable. That's one of the pieces of news we need to monitor. Dealing with some left patella soreness. Peyton Pritchard's going to be available, and that's all we really need to worry about for them. Rockets have yet to release their injury report, so we'll have to keep an eye on it. But as far as we know, everybody should be good to go. So we'll start off with the away team. We'll start off with the Celtics. Jalen Brown's the big ticket item. If he's playing with no limitations, he's absolutely a rock-solid play at 8,100. Where I land, though, is Jason Tatum at only $700 more. Gets that small forward and power forward eligibility. Robert Williams coming in at 61. He played great in that first game of the season. Uh, Keep in mind, though, Al Horford was out, so the minutes were elevated for him. He played 45 minutes in that game. It was a high game total. He put together a full line uh, in the game with Horford in there. It's it was a little bit different story. It was a blowout, um, but he only played 28 minutes. So we got to we got to like you know proceed with caution with Robert Williams. Was it a blowout because of or was it a limited minutes because of the blowout or was it just limited minutes because that's pretty much what they've done with Robert Williams his entire career. Now with Al Horford back, he can slide over to that five a little bit, take some of the minutes. So. 6100 is a fair price tag. I like the matchup. I would just say I proceed with caution. He just might not be a cash play of mine, but somebody I consider in GPPs. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what would the Celtics do if we see that Jalen Brown is ruled out? And we've seen them do a few different things along the uh, in the preseason when he was dealing with COVID. You know, they started Romeo Langford in one game. They could just pop Jason Richardson into the starting lineup. They could do several things. I doubt they start Schroeder and then push Smart over to the two, but... It's definitely an option for him. So if it's Richardson that's drawing the start at 4,100, he's definitely a solid value play with dual eligibility at shooting guard and small forward on DraftKings. It's a great matchup. We expect an up-tempo game for the Celtics going against this Rockets team that's young, plays very little defense, and plays fast. So I would definitely consider Richardson and Tatum as top options. And then even Al Horford at 5,900, you know, limited minutes in that last one, but did not limit his stat line. He only played 25 minutes. It was his first game back since he was dealing with COVID. So he can easily get a small bump from 25 to 30. We don't really know what's going to happen there. They could be very versatile if they want. But he put up 11 points, 11 boards, and then four blocks, two assists. So he had a fantastic game at 5,900 with that power forward and center eligibility. I do prefer him over Robert Williams just ever so slightly. Just a little bit more versatile. I'd expect a little bit more scoring out of him. The the blocks and steals would definitely go Williams' way. And then they could split the rebounds right down the middle. So, again, with these plays, I'm looking at Tatum. I'll be keeping my eye on Richardson. I probably won't play Langford either way if he starts. But if Richardson does, he's definitely in my player pool. And then Al Horford, no issues going with those three guys. Marcus Smart's always in play. He definitely gets a little scoring bump if we see that Jalen Brown is out. But we have a lot of guard options we could choose from. So he would probably hit the back of that pecking order for me. Now, sliding over to the Rockets' side of the ball, Christian Wood was one of my favorite center plays in that last slate. He Put up a doozy. Put up 31 points, 14 boards, three blocks, one steal for 61 DK points. Ended up being one of the best point-per-dollar centers on the slate. But he also got a huge price increase to 8400 He's in play for me. Um, I just don't see myself necessarily falling. And I, in all honesty, I don't like a lot of these Rockets. Uh, I don't I don't want to pay 7400 for Kevin Porter Jr., who's been struggling with his efficiency. Hasn't been getting those assist totals that we necessarily want to see that we, uh, that we, we, we spend on when we're paying 7400 uh, I just don't like this matchup necessarily. He could come out here with a big game. Don't get me wrong, but I try not to pick on too many point guards going against Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart will get up in there and really cause some havoc, really make some turn, create the turnovers. 
and just make things tough for them. So, you know, this game could easily stay a little bit closer if there's no Jalen Brown. We don't have that news. I'm kind of leaning more towards the likelihood that he plays. But at 7,400, I just don't see myself landing on Kevin Porter Jr. in this matchup. Jalen Green getting that price bump. He's now at 5,200. He's been struggling with the shot. He's only 8 of 25 in their first two games. Averaging right around 20, uh, 21 DK points. Don't see myself going to Jalen Brown. So if, if anywhere that I do land, it would probably be Kevin Porter Jr. And I don't even feel too great about that. I'm not chasing that uh, that Jay Sean Tate game either. So kind of where I'm at with the Houston Rockets, it would really just be a little bit of Kevin Porter Jr. All likelihood, not do too much. Moving on to the next game. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. And that's where three, three of these games start at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Orlando Magic traveling to the Knicks. This one has a widespread of 12 points, favored to New York, 214.5 game total. So one of the lower game totals, actually the lowest game total on the entire slate. For the injury report, Taj Gibson is going to be available while Nerlens Noel is doubtful. So we, you know, we might not see Mitch Robb play as many minutes. And then uh, their newly acquired ex-spur, Lucas Samanik, is out. He's probably going to spend most of his time in G League. For the Magic, Markel Fultz, Michael Carter-Williams, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, and Chuma Okiki all ruled out. Gary Harris is being considered questionable for injury maintenance on that right hamstring. We've seen Suggs and Cole Anthony kind of draw the start in that backcourt. But outside of the big men in this, uh, I have no interest here. Mo Bamba at 6,200. Definitely like me some Obama. He's been one of the best point-per-minute producers at the center position this season. Played 34 minutes in that last one, even with it being a blowout. Put up 37.5 DK points, 39 in the first one at 6,200. He's a great value here. Absolutely have some interest in him. He's going to be able to step out, hit those threes, which he's been hitting at an alarming rate, six for nine from the behind the three-point line this season. Getting the blocks, getting the steals, showed the rebounding upside in that last one. So, Absolutely have some interest in Mobamba. Outside of him, not a lot of like not a lot to like to go around here. If you're looking for maybe just like a flyer or a pivot off of some of this other value that we're gonna have in that 41, 4200 range, you could take a decent look at RJ Hampton, but it would have to be a major blowout or somebody getting in foul trouble for him really to feel secure. So that's probably really all I'm gonna go with here is going to be Mobamba. On the Knicks side of the ball, it's a large spread. I would expect it to be a little closer. Uh, they're, they're, you know, giving them 12. I would expect it to be a closer game than that, just because we're seeing these two teams go against each other again, and there's time for adjustment. So looking at Julius Randle, 8,700. The assists continue to be there for Randle. That was the one thing I was a little worried about coming into the season was with Kemba there handling the ball, will we see the assist dip? And we have it, 16 over the first two games, a minimum of 48.5 DK points, put up 62 at 8,700. He's definitely a play that we can look at, especially at that forward position where it sometimes can be a little lackluster. Very close price to Jason Tatum. And depending on if Jalen Brown is ruled in or ruled out will be how I kind of split those guys up. Probably lean a little bit more Tatum if he's ruled in, but I think Randall just has a little bit of a safer floor. So keep your eye on that. Something to definitely monitor, but Randall is for sure in play here. Fournier at 6,400 going against his former team. We saw him only play 27 minutes in that blowout. And that's surprising because Thibs usually doesn't limit anybody. Uh, Randall played the most minutes of anyone on the team, played 30. The game stays a little closer. We'll probably get a little bit more minutes out of all these guys. But at 6,400, I just don't feel like spending that price tag on Evan Fournier. Pretty much baked in there is, I wouldn't say a ceiling, but uh, his, his, his floor is anywhere between 20 to 24 DK points. His ceiling is probably looking at about 70, 37 to 40. And at 6,400, I think we have better options to look at. Kemba Walker coming in at 6K. I prefer Marcus Smart over him. 
Uh, and I prefer some of these other guards that we will get to later on. So you just don't see me playing too much Kemba Walker. And then R.J. Barrett coming in at 5,800. He's the one guy that I would probably look at at that price tag. Has point guard and small forward eligibility. And that outside of those two guys, between Randall and R.J. Barrett, I'm not going to go to the front court. Mitchell Robinson been playing pretty well. That last one struggled a little bit. Not the rebounds, no blocks, no steals. But at 5,300, I just look to prefer, spend up a little bit more, go to Mo Bamba on the other side. And that is it. Obi Toppin has been a solid play for us up until this point. But with Taja Gibson back, we'll probably see his role get limited a little bit. So 4,300, I'll probably take a pass on Obi. Really just going to be Julius Randle and RJ Barrett for me on this side of the ball. To the next game. Philadelphia 76ers traveling to OKC. Taking on the Thunder. Another wide margin here for as far as the spread. Eight and a half points favor to Philly. Two seventeen and a half game total. The injury report is what we're going to be watching. Andre Drummond has already been ruled out to this point. Joel Embiid is questionable. Dealing with right knee soreness. Shake Milton, Grant Riller, Ben Simmons all out. So keep an eye on this Philadelphia 76ers squad because that's really what we're going to need to see. With, with no Drummond, um, and if Embiid gets ruled out, we're going to have one of the best value plays on the slate in this game. And that's going to be Paul Reed, in my opinion. So he's mid stone, uh, stone minimum at 3K. I'm keeping my eye on him. He'll probably still have a rock-solid role, regardless, knowing that he's pretty much, I would say, they're going to be their backup uh, five. And it could go to uh, DeBassi, don't get me wrong, but I just have a lot more faith looking at a guy like Paul Reed, who was a G League stud, great summer league guy, put up some big numbers in the preseason as well. He could just fill a box score. And at 3K, if he is playing even 20 minutes, I have a ton of interest in him. Outside of that, we again, it's tough to it's tough to make the call right now, but we're going to need to know what's going on with Embiid. If Embiid sits, I have a lot of interest in pretty much everybody in this Philly starting lineup. The usage will get spread around. The game will probably stay a little bit closer. Tobias Harris coming in at 7,800. Ton of interest if Embiid sits. If Embiid plays, I'll probably fade Tobias Harris simply because I'm a little worried about this game staying anywhere near fairly close. But he's been great so far this season, uh, putting up at least 38.75 DK points in both games. You're paying for that at 7,800, so with no Embiid, I think you can really unlock that 50 uh, DK point upside, which is what we're going to be looking at. Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry, 5,800 for Seth, 5,700 for Tyrese. I think these guys, again, if Embiid plays, are very, very much in, or sits, is very much in play. Seth Curry coming off a big one where he shot 75%. He was 4 for 4 from deep. Didn't put much up for counting stats, had some defensive stats, but 23 points, two blocks, one steal, four rebounds in that game against Brooklyn. I'm going to lean more Maxi, especially if Embiid sits. These guys, you know, Maxi with the ball in his hands, he's getting the shot attempts, he's getting the usage. Uh, you know, last one, we didn't see any assists really or any rebounds, only two and two in that one. But I expect in this matchup against a very young and porous OKC team, we'll probably have more of those to go around. So Tyrese Maxey at 5,700, I think it's a very, very fair price, a very fair play. And if Embiid sits, he's definitely going to get a massive usage bump. And then the last guy I want to talk about would be Quirkmans. If there is no Embiid, we'll see him get some fair bench usage, playing right around 20 minutes. I think he makes for a GPP option, not somebody I would really consider, though, in your cash lineups. On the Thunder side of the ball. Looking at these guys, we have no idea what's going on with the center rotation. They're kind of just giving everybody about 15 minutes and chopping it up there between Pakuveski, Roby, and Derek Favors. I want nothing to do with any one of those guys. Shea Gilders-Alexander coming in at 6,800. It's a very, very good price tag for Shea. 
If we see that there's no Embiid available, I think he's very much in play. If Embiid plays, probably going to avoid him. He hasn't been playing well as far as getting us the rebounds and the assists that we'd like to see, just because now they have Josh Giddy handling the ball a little bit as well. Haven't seen any big scoring games, but he's also been shooting pretty poor. 41% in the first game, 40% in the second, 6,800. People check that box score. They might be scared off about it. But we know Shea's upside is 50-plus. We've seen him do it several, several times. And when everything's going right with him, he definitely has a floor around that 35 mark. So I know that it's hard to say that his floor is 35 with how uh, poor he's been playing so far this season. But in all reality, when things are clicking on all the cylinders through Shea like they should and, and this team's actually not getting blown out by 45 points, he's got a good floor. So don't mind looking at Shea. Giddy is nothing more than a tournament flyer. His price tag is getting increased, but we're not seeing the usage or we're not seeing the actual results for it. Only played 20 minutes in that blowout in the last one, 29 in the first game, shooting 33 and 29% over those last two games, one for three from deep. But we've seen in the first game, he has that rebounding upside. We haven't seen the assist upside, mainly because his team can't score more than 90 points. Uh, once we start seeing some guys being able to finish around the rim, we'll see him put it together. So don't give up on Giddy yet, but you just can't trust him in cash in this matchup. Outside of that, I'm probably not going to pay the 35, the 5,300 for Baisley in anything but a tournament. So for the most part, this whole OKC team is really, really risky in cash. I think they're all great tournament options. The only one I might even consider in cash would probably be Shea Gilders-Alexander. Outside of that, I'm just going to kind of leave these guys for other people. We have five games on the slate. We've talked about a few guys that we like already. And I will go with those options. Moving on to the 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. But before we do, just a quick shout out to DraftKings and their sportsbook. Listen, if you're playing DraftKings and the sportsbook's available in your state, which it's quicker than ever becoming available in just about most of the states at this point, check them out. The NBA is back and an authorized sports betting partner with the NBA. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. You heard me say it last night. Take the Bulls, and they won. And if you bet $5, and if they do win, you can win up to $200 in free bets on that sportsbook. So who am I looking at tonight? Well, I guess we're going to have to find out. But you can go Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. You can go Celtics. Uh, I would probably say Philly, Golden State, and then round out with L.A. Those are the five teams I think are going to win tonight. And if you just bet $5 on any one, of, any one of those teams and they do win, or any team, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you want to go against me. No problem there. I'm, I'm a DFS guy. I'm not necessarily a wager guy. That would be in the wager pass. Hit, hit. Go get it. And you can win $200 for just a $5 bet on that. So DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get some skin in the game with the new same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NBA today. Bet just $5 on any NBA team. And if they win, you win $200 in free bets. That is NBA today at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Promo code NBA today. Moving on, Golden State. Battle of California, traveling to Sacramento, taking on the Kangs, then Kangs. For, for the Warriors, injury report, Andre Iguodala is being considered questionable. Jonathan Kaminga is out. Clay Thompson, James Wiseman will continue to be out for the Kings. I think the monitor would be Mo Harkless. He is questionable. He sat out that last game, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. For a game total, 231 over under, with Golden State being favored by three. 
So not as large as some might think. But we'll start off at Golden State. 11K, Steph Curry. The dude has just been shooting the lights out of the gym. Absolutely unbelievable. One of the highest point scorers in DFS so far. 65 and a half in that last one. 58 in the game prior. Triple-doubled in the first game. Put up 45 points in the second one. Never going to tell you Steph Curry's not in play. But for me, honestly, on this slate, I just don't see myself having too many shares of him. It's a high salary to play. And he's going against this young rookie in Davion Mitchell, who he's already talked about it. His goal is to try to put the clamps on Curry as much as he can. He's a very, very smart, agile defender. He knows how to move his feet. He even mentioned how Curry is not just like a regular point guard where there's less ISO and he's coming off the ball. So he's going to have to fight around screens. And he seems like a guy that if there's anybody that can give Curry a little bit of a, you know, trouble and just kind of bother him, it would be him. So at 11K, with some of these other mid-tier price range guys to go to, that's probably what I'm going to be looking at, whether it be Randall, whether it be Tatum. Maybe it's in that last game. We go to Anthony Davis or LeBron. That's kind of what I'm looking at. I'd rather end up getting, you know, one of those guys, two of those guys in my lineup, having that extra 2K to spend on somebody else and upgrade somewhere else and just go with that. Draymond Green coming in at 7,000 is a totally different story, though. I like Draymond in this game. His minutes were limited in the first one, played 34 in that last one against the Clippers. This is another one where I think you could really take advantage of the matchup, especially if there's no Mo Harkless, and we see this team go a little bit smaller. Just a thought. He can definitely have a big one here. Put up 30 in that last one at 7K. This kind of feels like it could be a 40-point Draymond performance. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on him, keeping my player pool at that price tag. Outside of him, Jordan Poole coming in at 5,700. The minutes haven't been there. He tweaked his ankle in the first one, but the shot attempts surely have. Took 18 in the first one, 14 in the last one. I always talk about it. Shooting guards going against the Kings is something I like to target. If there's no Andre Iguodala, he surely will see another couple minutes and probably handle the ball a little bit more. So keep your eye on the Iggy news. That would just kind of bolster Jordan Poole a little bit more. I think he makes for a better GPP play than cash, but he's pretty safe, I feel, in both. Outside of those two guys, probably won't be playing too much Andrew Wiggins. Just never really play Andrew Wiggins, to be honest. He's at a very fair price tag at 6K. He, uh, you know, outperformed that performance, performance, outperformed that performance, outperformed that price tag in that last game against the Clippers. Took 15 shots. Just not somebody I'm overly excited about. His minutes creeped up just like Draymond. He has he had his limited due to conditioning because he didn't really practice with the team or play in any of the preseason games because he did not want to get the COVID vaccine. Ended up opting to get it so that he could play with his teammates. So, wouldn't shock me if we see his minutes kind of, uh, you know, dip up a little bit, but still not somebody I'm overly excited about investing in. And I think I'd rather go down to pool for only $300 cheaper. And another guy to keep an eye on, if there is no uh, Andre Iguodala, Aldo Porter Jr. at 3900 would make for a rock-solid value play. Definitely some risk associated to it. Minutes have been limited, not playing the role we expected, but he played six more minutes in that game against the Clippers than he did in the opening night game against the Lakers. With no Iguodala, I think he'd be a beneficiary of with that because Damian Lee's been seeing a boatload of minutes for a guy coming off the bench, played 29 minutes in both games. Don't really see him getting any more minutes with Iguodala out. Instead, I think that would kind of just shift over to Porter Jr. Maybe a little bit goes to uh, Bijalika as well. On the Kings side of the ball, De'Aaron Fox coming in at 8300 I mean, it's definitely getting a decrease in salary compared to where he's been. That opening night salary was just absurd at 9300 We couldn't have paid that for De'Aaron Fox. At 8300 I definitely think he comes into consideration. 19 shot attempts in that last one, 22 in the first one. He's been shooting the ball poorly, didn't even hit, was 0 for 5 from 3 against Utah, but that's a tough matchup. So with the amount of usage this guy's getting, with the shot attempts being there, I like this matchup for him. 
I'm definitely going to have some interest in Fox at the point guard position. 8,300 makes him a little harder to pay for in cash, but definitely a GPP guy that we can look at. Halliburton as well has been struggling this season. 6,200. I'm going to wait to see him get out of the struggles before I pay that price tag. Same thing with Buddy Heald. We might see him start if there's no Harkless. He took 21 shot attempts. So with no Harkless, I'll have interest in him at 63, especially in this Golden State uh, Golden State matchup where we could just see everybody kind of pistol peating their way from downtown. And then Harrison Barnes, 7,300. Another guy where the shot attempts have been there for him. He's really kind of turned it on as far as his offense. Definitely somebody that we could look at. Do I expect him to have a 58 or 50 DK point performance like he has over the first two games? Probably not. Going against his former team, a little bit of a tougher matchup as he would slide up to the four. If there is no Mo Harkless, if he's at the three, I'll have a little more interest. If there's no Mo Harkless, I probably won't play him. And the last guy I want to talk about is Davion Mitchell. We just talked about the defensive capabilities of this guy. Has not shot the ball well. I mean, that's probably understating it. He's two of 14 in the first two games, but he played 32 minutes in that last game with no Mo Harkless. He's their best defender in general, especially on the perimeter. You have to imagine if he could play as many minutes as he could trying to guard and cover Steph Curry, he will. So somebody I'm going to keep an eye on. Oh, and actually, I, I made a mistake in that last one. It was actually Terrence Davis, I believe, that drew the start, not Buddy Hield. They could need to take him off the bench, but just because Terrence Davis draws a start, it's not making him more viable. He still only played 20 minutes. It was Hield and it was Mitchell that got the big increase in minutes. So the guys I'll be looking at in this one, Fox, regardless of who plays and who doesn't, is very much in play. Barnes, I'll have more interest if Harkless does play. And then I'll be looking at Buddy Hield and Davion Mitchell if Harkless does not play. Final game of the night, Memphis Grizzlies travel to L.A. They're taking on the Lakers, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time game. As far as the injury report goes, for the Lakers, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Taylor Horton-Tucker, Kendrick Nunn all out. Grizzlies have yet to submit their injury report as of now, second half of a back-to-back, but we pretty much know what's going on over there. So, we'll start with the away team. A couple of these guys won me some pretty good money last night, and it's the stupid cheap value that finally got a price increase, but not priced up enough. And that's DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain, both these guys coming at 4200 You know, we're waiting for the bad game to maybe come around to one of these guys, and maybe it does. But at 4200 I think even with their floors, we could definitely consider him. As Melton's playing over 30 minutes like he has in the first two games, he's a near stone-cold lock at 4200 That's just way too cheap for a guy that can stuff the stat sheet with his points, his rebounds, his assists, and he's yet to even get a block or a steal on the season. And he's the guy in the guard that these will happen. He blocks good shots for a guard. He gets the steals. Normally a guy with playing 30 minutes, I would assume he's going to average close to two steals a game. So I, I have tons of interest in Melton. And same thing with Bain. He's playing 30-plus minutes in this 15 shot attempts or more in the first two games. Shooting the ball well from three, six to 16. So sign me up. I have no issues looking at both these guys. In fact, I'll probably have one, if not both of these guys, in just about every single my lineup. Maybe you could fade them in GPPs if you're trying to differentiate yourself and kind of fade that chalk value. I get that. You got to do that sometimes. But in cash, it's really tough to ignore these guys. John Morant, 9,200. Too priced up for me. I just prefer De'Aaron Fox for $900 less. Won't do that. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams, Kyle Anderson. Out of these two guys, Stephen Adams would be my guy. It's a back-to-back. He only played 27 minutes against that clip against the Clippers. Still came out and put up almost 40 DK points. I was worried about the minutes into in uh, in that game simply because we've seen the Clippers try to play small several several times and take centers off the floor, and it kind of worked. But when he was on the floor, he absolutely crushed. Stephen Adams looks great this season. He looked great all preseason. I don't think this is anything to do with you know uh, him just hitting a new gear. 
I think last season he struggled playing alongside of Zion. Didn't have the ability to kind of grab the, as many boards as we'd hoped for Steven Adams because Zion does that. With Jaron Jackson Jr. alongside of him, Jaron Jackson plays further away from the basket, especially on offense, where now Steven Adams has this paint all to himself. 5K for Steven Adams, I think, is an absolutely fantastic play. Absolutely fantastic, especially against this Lakers team where we know they're going to play big. I mean, they should just start Davis at center, but they probably won't. So keep an eye on that. And then Kyle Anderson, 5,400, no real interest in him. Not playing the minutes I want to see. Not getting the usage I want to see. His best stats came with him playing the four. Really just playing primarily the three this season. On to the Lakers side of the ball. Anthony Davis, 9,400. Absolutely crushing it so far this season. He's averaging about 54 DK points. 50 in that last one against Phoenix. The shot attempts are there. The rebounds are there. The blocks, the steals, everything we want to see from Davis has been there. And listen, if he shifts over to the five, you will only see better stats from him. So I think Davis is probably one of my favorite options to spend up on. Kind of one of the reasons why I don't see myself getting too much Curry. Like I said, I I probably are going to end up having three of the, you know, three of these mid-tier, I wouldn't say mid-tier, expensive guys who are, you know, two of them are going to be less than 9K, and Davis would probably be the one that is over 9K. Whether I want to get, you know, Fox or Tatum, Randall, Davis, I'm going to try to have three out of those four guys in pretty much every one of my lineups if I could. Outside of Davis, I'm not going to be playing Russell Westbrook at 9,300. He had a nice little almost triple-double on that last one. 11 uh, boards, 9 points, 15, uh, 9 assists, 15 points, 2 steals and a block. Almost put up 50 DK points, but... What we saw in that game is, A, the Lakers did not look good. They, they lost the game to Phoenix. And then, B, we saw LeBron kind of take a hit in his stats. So if LeBron's, you know, one of these guys are going to be getting the assist in the boards. I don't see uh, a world where we can get close to a triple-double out of both LeBron and Westbrook. And I think, you know, with them losing the first two games and dropping the first two games, LeBron's going to be in takeover mode eventually and do everything and will his team to a victory. And this is definitely a matchup where it'll probably stay closer than we want to see. But still, I think the Lakers will come out with victory in this one, and it'll be on the backs of LeBron and Davis. Westbrook won't be as poor, but he'll definitely chip in. For the value plays, we definitely look at Carmelo Anthony. He's not been shy shooting it. 5 of 11 in that last one, shot 4 of 6 from deep. He's been shooting the three ball well, 60% so far on the season in the two games that they have played. And at 25, 26-minute roll, 4,600, he's in play. Not a smash play, but definitely in play. And the only other guy I would consider would be Kent Bazemore. He's been drawing the start at the two in place of Taylor Horton Tucker until he comes back. And he's mostly a GPP play, not somebody that we could trust in cash. The first two games have been rough. But if there's anything you know about Kent Bazemore, and if you've been playing DFS for a while, you know he's lightning in a bottle. And all of a sudden, this dude could just come up with like a four or five steal game. His shot might fall. He can hit four to five threes in a game. He can do it in a few different ways. Don't feel great about it, but he's going to stay and play for me. And I'm avoiding the uh, both centers at all costs, regardless. Not playing Dwight Howard. And definitely, definitely not playing DeAndre Jordan. So that's it. That is the – oh, I didn't give the, the game total. I apologize for that one. It's a 221 game total with the Lakers favored by six in that game. So that is the five-game slate. Time to get to our player tiers. Now, looking at the most expensive tier, you just heard me touch on it. It's probably going to be Anthony Davis as the main guy I'm looking at. Very close second with those other three guys I talked about. You can mix and match them in any way or how your money sees fit. For that mid-tier price tag, you know, we always consider mid-tier, I guess, anything probably under that, like, you know, that that five to $7,500 range. There's a few options we could go with here. I'm probably going to end up leaning more towards, 
see, I, I like a lot of these Grizzlies. I just don't really want to play three of them. So I would say Steven Adams at 5K. I think he is an absolutely fantastic play, but maybe you want to get Melton. Maybe you want to get Bain. So I'll go with a different route. So Steven Adams is absolutely a fantastic play. But if we're going to go a different route, I'm probably going to go with We'll go with a few guys, actually, because caveats here. If Joel Embiid sits, I definitely think we can look at Tyrese Maxey in that mid-tier at 5,700. If you're looking for a GPP guy, it would be Poole. But if you're just looking for a rock-solid guy, it's Mo Bamba at 6,200. He's been nothing but great. The minutes have been there for him. Until we start to see some of these Magic players come back, whether it's Jonathan Isaac, uh, Chumo Kiki, they're going to keep running this double big lineup, and it makes sense to do against the Knicks. So I love Mo Bamba at 6,200 as well. And then for a value play, caveat, if there's no, uh, if Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid sit, it's going to be Paul Reed. Otherwise, just keep going with these Grizzlies, guys. Can't go wrong with Desmond Bain, D'Anthony Mountain at 4,200. These guys should be priced well over 5K at this point, yet they they refuse to do it. So if we can keep taking advantage of it. They may be chalky. I ate the chalk last night. It worked out fine for me. You could pivot in different spots if you'd like, but it's tough to get away from that value. And that's it. That's all we have today. So I tried to do a little speed run, 32-minute podcast or so. I'm Mike Patra. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Patra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. We're going to be looking to have a nice little hoop ball contest for DFS on DraftKings coming up this week. So, hey, if you can get in there, we'd love to have you. Probably only be a $5 entry. Come try to play with the pros. Come try to play with us. Take us down. Take my money. I would love for it to happen. I love seeing our listeners win money. So if you if you happen to take down any contests or anything, have a nice night. Share it on Twitter. Tag us in it. We'd love to see that kind of stuff. And then if you could, give us a thumbs up and a rate and review. Five stars on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you might be listening to this. Five stars. Give us a nice little comment. We'd love to see it. And if there's anything we can do to improve, let us know. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back tomorrow. I'll be on with my good friend, Harris. Depending on what time he gets home from the Raptors game. I think he said, uh, oh, no, the Raptors played last night. He went last night. So, yeah, should be on with Harris, guys. So thank you all. Take care. Win some cash. This has been a hoop ball presentation.